Told y'all this was a movement. Taking up. I ain't believe You dig? Banked out. Banked out. The South, we getting banged up. Worldwide, we getting banged up. Yeah. Call up 917-889-8041. Just the bank that radio show. We controlling the globe and we second to no one. Every time we emerge, we put in that work and bang that door for the culture. Then it's one love Wednesdays from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. But tip she the trophy. And we keep making moves by coastal. Now them suckers didn't believe what I told you. Banged out, about to be your household name. And banged out mean we can pop more change. We keep in the real work on the legacy. Hello, hell for Jess, so tune in when you better be. Then we getting fancy with Nancy on Thursday at 7 p.m. for making headspace therapy. Ballin' like Odell, shout out to Rochelle. Network Saturday's about to be your movie. Gotta go big, it's the only way to do it. This a conglomerate, we get into it. Fridays gotta be inspired with Linda H. While you riding on the interstate, and we got Sundays with sunshine from 5 to 6. While you watching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in and tap in with the movement. Cause it's about to go down. Shout out, discover this, captain of the mothership. If you ain't know that you know now. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. This is Therapy Thursday with your host, Fancy Nancy. That's me. And I am bringing uh, information about ways to make headspace and promote mental health and wellness in Macon, Georgia and the surrounding areas in order to reduce the stigma surrounding mental health. So thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Shout out to Andrea's with Bank Out Radio for giving me this platform. Um, this is my first time going live, so please bear with me, um, and we are going to jump right in. Today, I have a very special guest, my first guest, actually. I'm really excited. Um, she is my confidant, my prayer warrior, my line sister, my Georgia buddy. There's just so many different titles for her, and her name is Natasha Webb Prather. Um, she is the Equity and Compliance Administrator at the Board of Regents of the University of System of Georgia. She obtained adult legal guardianship of her grandmother shortly after I finished ad- adopting my birth mother. And so I've invited her on the show today to talk to you guys about adult legal guardianship, what it looks like, the ins and outs, how to do it what was the hard part, just everything you need to know. And I think it's going to be really interesting to hear the contrast between uh, my experience and Natasha's experience because my mother, um, as you may or may not know, lived on the streets of Macon, Georgia for over 30 years with a mental illness and uh, drug and alcohol addiction. However, Natasha's grandmother um, was a senior that needed care and she didn't really have the same storyline as I did with my mother. But we still benefited from going through the adult guardianship process. So I'm going to bring her in now. And um, welcome, Natasha, are you there? I am, Nancy, can you hear me? Yes, I definitely can hear you. You sound beautiful. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Good evening. Good evening. And um, I'm just gonna jump right into it with the interview questions that I never sent you. So now you're just gonna be on the spot. Are you ready? You know, ready as ever. Let's go, Nancy. Okay, cool. Um, So as you already know, this episode is about the adult legal guardianship process. And so my first question, just to jump into it for our listeners and make sure we're being conscious of time is, tell me about the condition of your grandmother and what inspired you to get guardianship of her. So my grandmother, uh, who I affectionately call Nana, uh, was in her uh, mid to late 70s, uh, and we noticed a decline in her 
mental state and possibly just her memory uh, have been going bad for some time. But, you know, you kind of brush it off and say, oh, Nana, you know, you can't remember anything. Uh, and we noticed that she was been a little slower uh but she's always been late to everything we used to joke that she that we were going to wheel her casket in late to her funeral just because it was so on brand for her and i would say that over the years it just got worse and uh for about two and a half years my younger sister lived in the home with my nana and so at least she had someone there to kind of make sure that she was staying on track but my little sister went to college in May of, um, well, fall of 2017. And it was from there um, that she just began to decline worse. And when my sister came home the summer following her freshman year of college, uh, we noticed where she uh, informed our family that all of my Nana's bills weren't paid, uh, that there were disconnect notices on all of the utilities, the phone bill was over $2,000. Uh, her checking account was negative, and we just had no idea what was going on. Um, and so that wow. really, yeah, that really sprung me into action to just figure out what was going on. You know, we would call, we would talk, and sometimes she would be forgetful or not remember certain things, but she didn't seem that far off for that to be her situation. And so when my sister went home and told us that, I just knew something had to be done. Okay, wow. Um, I never realized that um, you had kind of like a wake-up call with like seeing everything uh, in that condition. I kind of thought that you were being like proactive and things hadn't gotten that bad. But usually that's how it goes. Like people, you know, give you a sign that they need help and then that's when you want to jump in. So it kind of that was like your grandma's signal, like we need you to step up to the plate. So what was the hardest thing about the guardianship process? Whew. Uh, the hardest thing I would say about the guardianship process was navigating obtaining guardianship without being in the same physical location as my grandmother. So my Nana lives uh, in Ohio and I, as Nancy affectionately mentioned in our intro that I am uh, her Georgia buddy. So I currently live in Georgia. And I would say that the hardest part of this had to be trying to do everything from afar um, and trying to get an action plan together, trying to research laws in another state, trying to book flights in order for me to go uh, back to Ohio for the court proceedings. Um, and just also just feeling so torn. Uh, and I just remember there was a time in 2018 because I ultimately assumed guardianship of, of, of my Nana in August of 2018. And that was just a really tough year for me. Uh, our family suffered a, tre a tremendous loss uh, and the loss of my grandfather uh, earlier in that year. And then all of that with my Nana. And I got to a point where I contemplated quitting my job here in Georgia just to go home because it seemed like it would be so much easier if I could just boots on the ground rather than making phone calls, sending emails, you know, sending faxes and things of that nature. I remember you talking about that um, a bit when you were going through it. And I, and we'll, we'll, for people listening, we'll kind of go into the weeds of what that process is a little bit more. I just want to get her overall experience out first. So once you went through it, even though it was much different from my process because I was in Georgia getting guardianship. So all I had to do was keep going back and forth to the probate court over on Mulberry. Um, so what was what is the process like once you've gotten it and maintaining it? What's the hardest thing about maintaining it? <laughs> I would say the, the most difficult part with maintaining guardianship uh, is just the... For in Ohio, you have biannual reporting. So it's a report that you have to give and submit to the court every two years. Uh, and helping uh, my family complete both the reporting on the financial side as well as the reporting on the uh, personal estate side. And I'm sure we'll get into more specifics on um, just the differences with those. Uh, and 
But so I would say just the, the paperwork of having to literally account for every dollar spent out of her account uh, and providing proof of that and just hoping that you do everything right and uh, you won't make a misstep. Got you. And um, I'm really like jealous right now because Georgia does not do biannual reporting. I have to okay. do annual reporting and oh my God, it's like, I'm not going to try to get myself in trouble, but I can't say it's always handed in on time on my end. But um, one thing that I do have a leg up on is I did not become custodian of her estate. I just mm. became her legal guardian. So the nursing home where she, uh, where my mom ended up going, they maintain all of her finances. So I don't have to deal with any financial reporting. And I can only imagine what that would look like if I did. So yeah. I'm that in that um, <laughs> if I could just take a moment to interject so that uh, for our listeners out there that they can understand what we're both talking about. So oftentimes, uh, from a legal perspective, they divide the person up into two, almost two entities. Even though, we're, you know, you're one human being, from a legal perspective, uh, they divide the oversight of your finances, which may also be called an estate. So every anything that you may own in terms of property, uh, whether that be real property or physical property, uh, or so when I say real property, I'm thinking like if you own a home, uh, as well as like if you own a car, uh, as all the way down to every bank account that you own or life insurance policy that you have in your name uh, and things of that nature. They all fall under you as a person in your estate. However, there is another aspect of who you are, and that is dealing with your health care, your day to day care uh, and just you as a person. Um, and so. In Ohio, they say you're either guardian of a person's estate or you're guardian of the person. And, or you can also be guardian of both. In Ohio, because I'm not an Ohio resident, I could not be the guardian of my nana's finances. So on record, my mother, um, who actually is not my nana's child, uh, but is my mother is a saint and she stepped in and, and saved the day for me, uh, is on record as the guardian of of my Nana's estate because she lives in Ohio and I'm the guardian of my Nana's person. But in reality, uh, my mom and I share a lot of those responsibilities together. Um, and and so that's what we're Nancy and I are talking about when we talk about uh, either having responsibility over someone's finances versus like their day-to-day -day care. Um, it's just because from a legal perspective, they do look at it as two separate uh, aspects of a person. Thank you so much for that clarity. And that is why you are here. Um, and so uh, how did you feel when you finally did get guardianship? I know the process was convoluted, but how did that feel? So I had a wave of emotions. Uh, so I went to the court proceedings in Ohio um, and talked to the judge. I felt confident about the meeting that we had but I, there was still a waiting period, right? And during that waiting period, I had actually traveled to Chicago and I was they basically on a mini vacation because I just needed a break because my winter, spring, and beginning of summer just were super tough. And I saw Hamilton uh, on Broadway in Chicago. I saw Beyonce and Jay-Z on, on the run. And so I was having a good time. And I, that's the weekend I got the notice um, that I had got, that we had been granted guardianship. And I remember sitting on my friend's couch and I just cried um, because it was both a cry of relief and just feeling like finally, you know, that there, that there was something concrete that was done that it felt like all the work that we have been doing was worth it and that my nana was going to be taken care of uh and then i had a wave of somewhat frustration uh as well as feeling overwhelmed because it was just like oh crap i'm my nana's guardian <laughs> like and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> reading through all the 
uh, the responsibilities and uh, legal obligations that you have once you become someone's guardian, I'm just like, oh, wow, okay, this is real. And I'm not a mother. Uh, and so I've never had that responsibility of caring for the life of another person. Uh, so I had a moment where I felt overwhelmed and I just immediately went into prayer to say, okay, God, thank you for getting me here, but I'm going to need you every step of the way after this because my Nana is too important for me to get this wrong. So you have to help me get it right. Girl, you have given me life right now because that's the <laughs> one thing I didn't do and I probably needed to do and I'm going to do going forward. I did not pray on this enough at all because I was under the impression that once I got guardianship, it would help me um, get my mom into some type of treatment facility, and that would be the end. Yeah. So similar to you, that was just the beginning. I started reading all the rules and the regulations. I was like, oh, man, I done got myself <laughs> into something. And then the other part is, like, as I mentioned, I, I, I will admit I struggle getting that annual report in. And I'm looking mm -hmm. at my paperwork now. I got the official seal on this paperwork July 7th. 2017 which was three days before my birthday so mm -hmm. i'm i like you know my birthday is a reminder that i have to get this paperwork in always and i i feel pressure and then if you don't turn it in time they send you letters they started calling my job like i was behind on child support or something you know they threatened to send the sheriff department after you i was just like i did not mean to like get a whole child i was just trying to help my mom <laughs> you know so i definitely yeah. understand that pressure I definitely understand that pressure. And then, um, so what do you wish you had known about the process when you started? Mm. <clears throat> I would say what I wish I had known about this process before I started was just how much work it would be after. <laughs> um, <laughs> as well, yes, uh, as well as how being prepared to have conversations with banks and companies and healthcare providers and having to truly educate them about what guardianship is and what it is not. Um, I didn't, I just thought me getting this legal documentation was gonna solve all of it. That I could just go tell somebody that I was her guardian and they would give me all the access. Um, but I realized that there were still loops and things that I had to jump through in order to get things done. And I also wish that I would have also prioritized my self-care and well-being through all of it. Um, because this process is hard going through it from, from when you begin to identify the need for it to getting it done, to then when you actually are in the thick of things doing it, up until when that guardianship ends, it's challenging. And I wish that I, and not everybody has people in their circle who's ever had this experience. Um, I was fortunate enough that, you know, Nancy, you and I had some conversations, even though our stories were different, it was still a sense of community that I was able to have with you going through this process. And I just think that I was, wish I would have sought out more people or just been more vocal or been more adamant about going to therapy throughout of it throughout it because it's emotionally taxing and it can truly weigh on you and there's no way that you can be of service and of care to anyone if you're not of service and care to yourself. I am just so overjoyed that you are on this interview right now because you are really touching on things that I definitely want to stress to our listeners. And first, um, educating people on what guardianship is. Honey, tell me about it. Like you, I thought I go to the hospital, I tell them I'm a guardian, and then they figure it out. They were literally ready to discharge my mother and had called me to pick her up and take her home. And this is after my mom had been hit by a car and her ankle was broken. And this was like literally um, in January of, of 2018, month, six months after I got in guardianship. And um, I, I'm listening to the doctor talk about, oh, you got to give her this pill at this time. And I was actually listening to him for a second. And then I had to say, 
excuse me, sir, I'm her guardian and I actually don't want her to get discharged. And it was like, oh, okay. And then it was a whole different doctor that I met. And it was like, he went through the process of, they went through the process of finding her a nursing home. And it was so, it was just, it was such an interesting experience for me because I realized similar to you at that moment, it was a difference between obtaining the guardianship and enforcing it. And people really didn't know what it was. But once I showed them the legal paperwork, I had to bring it and get people copies and stuff. Then that's when I finally got things moving. But it wasn't something that everybody just knew. And that definitely threw me off. Um, I, I don't even know what I would do if I had to talk to a bank. I, I, I really struggle with um, just the health portion of it. Like, I've had to get, um, take out, uh, what do they call it, health care, uh, you know, health insurance and things like that. And reading policies and talking to people. And it, 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 it often, for me, I feel this, like, I, I want to, in some ways, resentment. Um, because I'm taking care of someone who didn't really take care of me. But then also, I feel like I'm doing all the stuff that I haven't really even figured out for myself. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think I have life insurance. I need to narrow that down. But, you know, I'm over here trying to figure it out for her. And I haven't necessarily figured it out for myself. And then lastly, prioritizing self-care. If there is anything that you take away from this call, prioritize your self-care and well-being if you are even going to attempt to go through this process because baby the amount of therapy i need now after going through it <laughs> i can only imagine the difference if i had done it while it was happening i didn't realize how much it was affecting me and take and like taking like it just affected my spirit and then you know just being around that circumstance prior to getting guardianship getting uh, evidence and taking pictures and you know, you, you're just exposed to a lot. And I did not realize how much that weighed on me until the process was over. And I was like, okay, let me get back to my normal life. And I wasn't the same person anymore. <laughs> so right. I definitely, definitely am so happy that you talked about that because that is a real thing that you guys need to be aware of. Since we're talking about the process still, what would you change about the process, if anything? I know there's some things that you wish you had known before, but is there anything you would specifically change? You mean about, uh, like, legally change, like, making it easier for people or the approach that I... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. either way, so, legally or or just personally. Yeah, so I just think that, and as a lawyer, it's interesting, right? I think that we're taught to think critically uh, and we're taught that laws are important and, you know, you need to codify certain things and make processes. But I also think that as a person and a human being uh, that has to go through certain life experiences, that sometimes the law makes things so much more difficult unnecessarily. And this archaic rule that Ohio has that someone who is not an Ohio resident can't be the guardian over someone's estate just because they don't live in Ohio, I think is something that probably made sense you know, 50, 60 years ago. But in this day and age of online banking, I never have to touch foot in Ohio to move some money around, to pay some bills or to do any of these things. And so why is it that one person can't be the sole individual of record doing it, right? And I can ima- I can only imagine what would, it, would that have meant if my mother wasn't willing to step up and to do this for me, right? And so... I would just probably have said that aspect should be revisited in the law to just say, are the laws that we currently have on the books creating a process that makes this more cumbersome on the people? Because at the end of the day, while I recognize that there are individuals who take advantage of the elderly, um, I would endeavor to say that more times than not, The only people who will go through all of this process are only people who desire to help. If I didn't love my Nana with every fiber of my being, I would have tapped out and quit a long time ago. Um, But I was committed to seeing it through, to jump over every hurdle and any obstacles that could have faced me because I remembered who my Nana was to me. And her safety and well-being was important and it was a paramount to anything that 
I could have been facing as adversity. Um, and I just think that as government, we just need to do a better job of making sure that people who desire to help can help easier. Girl, nail on the head. Oh. And, and like, I, I definitely, as, as always, relate to you with this situation because um, I remember when I started this process in Georgia and I was going to the probate court. First of all, I'm not a lawyer, but nobody could tell me that. Like, I swore I was going to do this myself, okay? So I was like, listen, it's a Google form. It's a Word document. I'm going to fill it out. Tell me, you know, when I, where I got to submit it. And they were like, are you sure? And I'll never forget one of the people I was speaking to from the probate court, after I explained to them about my mom living on the street and why I was doing this, she said to me, well, that's just life. And Natasha, you know me, girl, I had to hang up and call back the next day because I couldn't piss these people off yet. But like, you know, I almost went through the roof. Like, that is not life. Like, you cannot tell me that I just got to deal with my mom living on the street. Like, that's pretty much what you're saying. And, and it was like, I just wish that um, there was some more support around it. And then also, it is expensive, boo-boo. I don't know what you paid in Ohio, but had I not received like a magical check in the mail, I'm not even gonna go into that story. And my sister, my older sister Kay, shout out Kay, shout out Brandy. If they had not, like if Casey had not helped me pay for this, this was like a $3,000 like process. Mind you, they even charged my mom they charged my mom $400 to get a, like, a lawyer to show up to defend her in court or something. And we, I don't know, it, I, we, I forgot how that cost ended up getting covered, but I was shocked to see how much this cost. And I just, you know, I wish there was like more support around that or payment plan or something. And, um, you know that 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 was that was that was significant for me, and that was lawyer fees and court fees and all that added together. And luckily, mm-hmm. I had a great lawyer. Julia Magda was my lawyer, and she definitely worked with me financially and everything. And she just she completely walked me through this process once they recommended that I speak to her. But it it was still like a, a struggle and money that we invested that we could have put towards you know, our lives. So it was, it was, it was definitely, definitely, definitely interesting um, going through that. So on a scale of one to 10, how is your grandma doing now? Hmm. Uh, that's a, that's somewhat of a difficult assessment to make. Um, are you saying in comparison to what she, how she was doing before I took guardianship? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, I would definitely, I would probably say that she's an eight out of ten. Um, only because her health has improved. Uh, we went from having overdraft and negative accounts to having a sizable portion of money in her savings, and all her bills are current. Um, however, Alzheimer's is a is a degenerative disease, right? And so. Unfortunately, she is worse off mentally than she was a couple years ago. Uh, and that's hard to watch, but she's receiving additional care. Um, we have people who come into the home uh, to be with her and offer her companionship care, uh, as well as just additional support um, regarding her health. So a lot of things have definitely improved, but I can't say that she's a 10 only because she has Alzheimer's. But one thing that I think you can definitely, definitely commend yourself for is getting this done before it got worse. Because imagine mm-hmm. if she had degenerated further and she was just in the house, you know? Yeah. So you stepped in right at the right time. And so I'll at least give you a nine out of 10, girl. Right. Um, so I just want to double back before I go forward because my next question is about, like really about you because of course I couldn't bring you on the show and not put you on the spot, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I will double back uh, to the guardianship because I want to go back to the obtaining process. Um, okay. I just want to let you as a lawyer really talk about the process. I know it differs from state to state, but the overarching um, process is pretty much the same reaching, filling out the paperwork, reaching out to probate court, 
and, you know, working with them to get it done. And so for our listeners, and I can tell you, people have personally uh, reached out to me and asked how to get this done. So for our listeners um, who have loved ones, whether they be um, mentally ill, suffering from addiction, or just have declining health, what is a more in-depth overview of what this process is going to look like for them? And what do you, you know, give them any tips or tricks that you think they need to know before we get off this topic? All right. Um, so I will say, um, I guess somewhat of a disclaimer, that what I will just describe is my personal experience with this and what I've heard from others who have gone through this process. Um, But I would definitely suggest that if you are not a lawyer um, and don't necessarily have that background, we are talking about something that is rooted in law, right? That there are, you're going to be dealing with your local probate court, uh, speaking to judges, uh, as well as signing up for some legal responsibilities that could have uh, legal consequences. You know, when Nancy talked about they were trying to call the sheriff if she didn't submit those reports on time. We're talking about some serious things. And so you want to make sure that you completely understand the process. And there are attorneys in your local area that specialize in what we call elder law. And elder law is just really a sector uh, of, of attorneys who work with those individuals going through this process, whether that is working you know to develop final like living living wills final will and testaments or last will and testaments rather uh as well as helping families navigate the guardianship process so this definitely does not substitute you going and getting your own legal advice and i'm not providing that during this time but i can say that most often your attempt at gaining or obtaining guardianship is going to start with looking up the rules in your local area. So you need to figure out, well, where is my loved one? Are they here with me in this state, in this county, or are they someplace else? Because wherever they are, that's where you ultimately are going to have to start and what you're going in the court system that you're going to have to go through. And you can do a search on the internet um, and typing in Uh, guardianship and put in your city and state and it should populate um, a result there with the probate court because that's typically the entity that handles uh, your guardianship things of that nature and hopefully that website will be user-friendly and will have some guides as terms of and resources that will walk you through what obtaining guardianship looks like Um, but you know that a a major part of that is going to be certain paperwork. And depending on why you are obtaining guardianship will likely dictate what paperwork you have to uh, submit actually. Um, And if you're trying to get guardianship of a child versus guardianship of an adult, that's going to be separate processes as well. Um, But the the website, or even if you call the number to your probate court, they may also be able to walk you through certain things uh, because they should have staff devoted to answering questions and calls, uh, or even if it's a, a separate kind of hotline. But needless to say, there will be a series of documents. Um, let's just say, for example, you have a elderly family member who whose mental state is declining. Well, in order for you to obtain guardianship of an adult, they likely have to be deemed to be uh, incapacitated, uh, which can be by virtue of some type of, oftentimes it's gonna be a mental incapacitation, i.e. some degenerative disease such as Alzheimer's, dementia, or maybe even like a traumatic brain injury. But but needless to say, they are in a state in which they can no longer Uh, govern their own affairs and somebody has to step in. So you will likely need to have a doctor to certify that your family member is in that condition. And the court will have provided a particular form in which the doctors will need to fill out. Uh, Those documents would obviously need to be filled out in close proximity in time to when you're trying to submit them to the court because those diagnoses and things of in those medical recommendations may change and so you can't say oh we took 
Meemaw to the doctor last year and we got this filled out and we're trying to submit it, you know, the following or two years later. It probably has to be pretty current. Um, there also may be a requirement for you to identify uh, who are the next of kin of that person or other individuals who may try and contest your guardianship and get them to pre-waive um, or essentially just as acknowledge to the court that they're not planning to contest your guardianship, especially if you're someone who is not in the direct next of kin. So that's something that I needed to do in light of the fact that my grandmother did have children. I technically wasn't the next of kin um, that would have assumed guardianship. So I had to get them to sign off to say that they wouldn't contest it um, and that they didn't have an issue with me assuming guardianship. And so that's something that you may have to do as well. Uh, you may also end up having to get an attorney to sign off on certain financial aspects. So I will say that there may be different processes for obtaining guardianship of a person versus guardianship of someone's estate. And so when we talk about the medical diagnoses, like obviously that speaks to someone's person. Uh, and then an attorney sometimes will have to be involved, especially if the person's estate maybe reaches a certain level. Uh, just having someone sign off to say that, okay, yeah, I'm going to be kind of another set of eyes to make sure that this person who may now be empowered to completely take over someone's finances uh, is following the letter of the law. Uh, so that may be an aspect. But I would just say in terms of uh, to not be so overwhelmed, just take it one step at a time. So check out the local probate court in your area. See if they have a downloadable guide uh, that speaks to what is guardianship as well as what are the required forms and make sure you read it from cover to cover and write down any questions that you may have about it so that you when if you're able to talk to someone uh, in the probate court or at another organization that you can get your questions answered and then just follow those checklists uh, to ensure that you are submitting all the appropriate documentation uh, and filling out the forms uh, correctly. But once you, Thank you Natasha. Oh sorry, go yeah. ahead. Oh no, I was just going to add, I guess once you fill out that paperwork uh and get it signed, that you will have to submit it to the court. Uh and that submission process oftentimes looks like taking the courts to the actual courthouse. I know that uh our current COVID nineteen pandemic may alter those court proceedings. So you always want to just call and make sure that you are aware of how they're accepting documentation just so that your documents won't get rejected. Uh, and then as Nancy uh, appropriately mentioned, just also keep in mind that there are some filing costs that go along with the guardianship. So anytime you go and submit anything to the court, just know that you're going to have to pay some money. And how much money you uh, have to pay uh, maybe on a sliding scale in terms of there may be some forms that can be as cheap as a few dollars and then there's some that can be as expensive as a couple hundred or not or possibly even into the thousands so but that's also information that can be found uh, at at the website likely of your local probate court because they'll have a kind of a fee schedule where they outline okay well are you doing a guardianship of a child okay boom that's one fee guardianship of an incapacitated adult, here's another thing, and things of that nature. Okay, got you. And that is a thorough walkthrough, guys. Um, if you do have a question, you can definitely call in. You can call in at 917-889-8041 with any questions or comments you may have. If you are out there listening and you want um, Natasha or I to answer or elaborate something, um, further about the adult guardianship process. If not, I'm going to use the remainder of our time to just get to know Natasha a little bit more because I am so grateful that she showed up um, and, and joined me on this interview and is giving you guys all of this beneficial information, which I myself did not know until after going through the process. So you guys are lucky enough to, to listen to two people who have gone through it. 
so you can uh, get that information and hopefully, you know, have an easier time with it. So, Natasha, you already kind of commented on this a little bit more, but because this is Therapy Thursday presented by Making Headspace, which is a nonprofit I uh, created inspired by everything I went through with my mom, I just want to talk a little bit more about how this process has changed your outlook and your thinking on mental health and wellness. Ooh, uh, that's that's a good one there. Um, I would say that this process and also just watching my Nana over the years um, succumb to this disease, I would say it has pushed me to want to maximize my days. So uh, Alzheimer's runs uh, in my family on both sides, right? And so there's a there's a part of me that does have some level of of fear that that might be in my future. And so I want to, for as long as I have the soundness of my mind, to enjoy my day. Uh, I also have gotten into doing scrapbooks so that if one day I can't remember certain memories, maybe I can flip the pages of these books I created when I could to just hopefully jog my memory or at least so that my children and grandchildren or great-grandchildren that may come from my bloodline, that they may be able to look back and have stories uh, and and leave a legacy that won't have to necessarily be forgotten uh, if I forget. And so I would say that that's what has has changed me and kind of just sparked me to be more present uh, and try to document things more as they're happening. So I journal more uh, as well as trying to keep mementos of, of, of moments. Wow. Um, wow, Nate. Oh, you make me so emotional. Like, leave a <laughs> legacy to remember in case I forget. Oh, like, boo-boo. No, don't worry. I'll always be there to aggravate you and remind you of everything. And I'll be like the Thank notebook you. with you. Unless your husband's there, I'll read back your story to you so you remember. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, but hopefully that never, ever happens. But that's, like, so intentional. Dude, like, you're making me think. Like, I need to wake up and really think about what I'm going to accomplish because, I, you know, you are in the process of creating a legacy. And tomorrow is not promised. You know, we live day to day like it is, but... You know, every day, every day you're leaving something behind, and is what you're leaving behind the legacy you want people to remember you by? That's such yeah. a beautiful thought at our age. That's such a beautiful thought. Um, and you know, so, I, before we Nancy, if I could just uh, take a moment, I know that this isn't my show, but I one thing that I hope that listeners take away from even our guardianship conversation, and this is something I didn't mention, but. Even if you don't, even if your family members aren't on a declining slope, everybody needs to have a living will. Everyone needs to have an advanced uh, healthcare directive. These are documents that as fully sane adults, uh, you can sit down to ensure that before you even need a guardian, you can establish who can be that person. So your future, like your family members in the future don't have to go through all of these hurdles. Have my Nana established um, a living will and an advanced healthcare directive that, that named me as a guardian? I would have never had to go through this application process. It literally would have been to take a piece of paper that had been previously filled out when she had the mental capacity to do so to say, here, she wanted me to do this let me pay a fee or I may not, or the fee may have even been waived as well. Um, and it just would have been a lot simpler. So I would just urge everyone, especially as we're battling a pandemic as a nation to seize the, the today that you have. Um, don't take life for granted and really think about how can you plan today for an easier future. Wow, dropping gems. Y'all gonna have to pay to hear from Natasha next time. I'm just letting y'all know. It's gonna be Eventbrite. It's gonna be ticketed. Y'all not getting this free gym next time. But she is saying some truth. And to make that relate to y'all, 
think about Chadwick Boseman. And I know we yeah. were like devastated when Black Panther passed away. I mean, T'Challa, how? And then to know that Chadwick played so many legendary Black figures and really dedicated the last of his life while he was silently battling cancer to this, but then to ultimately find out that he didn't have a will and, and his fiance or his wife that he ended up marrying towards the end is literally in legal processes now trying to get access to his estate and things like that. We need to have a will. We need to understand life insurance and the power of life insurance. You can be leaving percentages of your life insurance to open up funds, to open up trust, and also to leave your family. Like we need to really understand that power and leverage it because that's really how wealth is built. And you know, I, I'm really happy that you touched on that. Um, so just the last couple of questions as we wrap up are just gonna be a little bit about you. Um, okay. so what is something people seem to misunderstand about Natasha? Oh, that's a good one. I think that people misunderstand um, how serious I am. Uh, I think that they look at me as someone who is a lawyer, who, you know, been a scholar student and things of that nature. And they just think that I'm all business all the time. And don't get me wrong. I do run a tight ship, but I do... like to have fun I can let my hair down uh enjoy myself I laugh and try to enjoy life and not make it so serious but I would say people misunderstand me in that regard okay okay that was a nice uh wrap up um (laughs) so a more quirky question to get you to get your juices churning if in 150 years all science fails to save us from COVID and whatever else comes. And the only thing left, book about your life. What would the mm. title be? Blurb, tell us about Natasha Webb-Prather. You could out there a little bit. So you said, well, if there, 150 years later, there was only one right. book, of, what would the title be? No, 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 no. 150 years later, science fails to save us. You know, COVID done wiped out the whole world, God forbid. And there's only a book about your life yet left. You know, the aliens find it, the new people find it. I don't know who's going to find it. But what would this book about your life be titled? And what would the blurb tell us about Natasha Webb Prather? Mm, okay. Huh. That's, I'm like stumped here. Okay. Um, ha ha, gotcha. You did, you did. Okay, this is a hot seat question. Um, I would say, um, the title of this book would be. I'm going to just throw it out there. Uh, audacious Re- Resilience. Um, and mm-hmm. the blurb would say um, a, a story of, of triumph through adversity and bold courage uh, to come into self. All right now. Okay. I you see you tapped into something there. You see how you have to tap into something there? I'm going to remind you about your book, Audacious Resilience, your story of triumph, okay? I'm going to remind you about that whenever you have any moment of self doubt. Cause the woman who has a book written about her with a blurb like that and a title like that, yo, she done did something. She done left a legacy we all can remember. Okay, I love it. Okay, and last question. And guess what number question this is? Nine. Ten. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did ten just for you all. Look at my phone tag. You thought it was number nine because I'm number nine. No, I did ten for you, boo-boo. I almost stopped at nine, but I figured I'd throw one for you. So 
So, thank you. What should what should I what should I have asked you that I didn't know enough to ask? Mm. <sighs> I would say I wouldn't necessarily say that you wouldn't know enough to ask this question, but I would say a question that we haven't touched on is just maybe what are my wildest dreams um and that could be related personally as well as even my family but because i think oftentimes when we have so many responsibilities in our day-to-day we often forget to dream uh and imagine because we're so we're so inundated by the pressures of today and it's yeah, something bogged down by reality. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I've been pushing myself to do is to try and dream more and to imagine what my future could look like. And to just encourage myself that what I'm experiencing today d- does not necessarily and will not necessarily be my forever. And so if I was to just take a moment, take a deep breath and let let go of all of the things that are um, boggling down my spirit today and to just let my inner self just travel to a world that seems ideal, um, I would I would be living abroad, I would be bilingual, uh, I would be living by water. Uh, and be performing tasks that provide money and sustenance for my family, but that doesn't drain my spirit, uh, but rather feeds it daily. Um, My family would be safe, uh, secure, and taken care of. Uh, We'll have financial freedom and the ability to live lives that are our forefathers and mothers uh, only could dream about. So, yeah. Woo. Talk about the ancestors' wildest dreams. Woo. Shut up And you know what? I'm so happy that I asked you that and that you answered it in that way. And now we have a recording of your wildest dreams that we can live off. Uh, and we can always go back and see how we added up and we, we, how, how, we, how it lined up when we're like 80 plus. I love that. <laughs> okay. So you put it out there now, and so I'm going to visit you in whatever country that you at, living by the water. I'm just letting you know. You already know I'm coming. So just I get it you. ready. You already know. Just get the couch ready, airbag, whatever you want to put me on. I'll be right up in there. And so with our last couple of minutes, guys, I just want to thank you so much for joining, for listening, for tuning in. Um, everyone that supported me throughout this uh, process and who supports this podcast, thank you. I'm hoping to reach audiences and talk about um, things that relate to mental wellness that we often don't talk about, what it really looks like to take care of someone. I remember there was a song out, How to Save a Life. This is How to Save a Life, Adult Guardianship. This is the practical way to do it. And so Therapy Thursdays with Making Headspace with your host, Fancy Nancy, is going to be happening every Thursday at 7 p.m. We're going to continue to explore topics places and resources to help you figure out your formula for self-care you can join me on my journey on instagram at making headspace you can go to my website makingheadspace.com you can find our make a facebook page making headspace um and just follow like and support us that way um next week we'll be talking with my best friend kashika phillips and we'll be talking about the community work that she does outside of Georgia, actually, in Jersey, and the resources that she has for expected mothers, um, mothers who are women of color. And that's going to be really relevant because there's so many people who um, we're realizing now the difficulty black women have with giving birth. I mean, look at Serena, you know, so that's going to be a great episode for you guys to tune in and listen to uh, the tips and tricks that she has. I also want to let you know that there is a contest alert going on and November is off National Gratitude Month. So since gratitude is more than simply saying thank you, 
I wanted to create some type of contest that helps you guys, you know, visualize gratitude and like explore areas where you could have more gratitude in your life. Because um, the power of gratitude is, is just like, it's just mind blowing. It has the ability to shift us from focusing on the negative to appreciating what's positive in our life. So what is one thing you're grateful for? Give us your answer on Making Headspace, um, Making Headspace Facebook page or Instagram page in honor of National Gratitude Month, and you will be entering for your chance to win free laundry pickup and delivery service up to 50 pounds. I already gave away one winner um, this giveaway last month. Okay, she got some quilts done and other things. We're working on that now. Shout out to Regina Sweeney. Um, and I'm looking to give it away again. So if you have laundry piled up, if you've been working, if you've been grinding, if you've been doing too much and that laundry basket is overflowing, I'm trying to help you make some headspace in your house by giving you away, giving you up to 50 pounds of free laundry pickup and delivery service, okay? So all you need to do is share a picture or uh, a picture of or a selfie with a person place or thing you are grateful for it can be past or present and tag at making headspace with the hashtag hashtag making headspace for a chance to win this free pickup and delivery laundry service the contest ends at 11:59 p.m on november 26th i will announce the winner on black friday so you will get this laundry done in time for the holidays so just go ahead post your picture post your selfie and um, make those uh, hashtags on it, and I will be on the lookout, and I will announce that when at the end of the month. And um, before we go, Natasha, do you have anything else you want to add and say to the people? I just wanted to say thank you uh, to Nancy uh, for having me on as your first guest. It is truly an honor, uh, and I just tip my hat off to you and all the wonderful work that you are doing in the Macon, Georgia area uh, through Macon Headspace and really uh, bringing mental health and awareness to the forefront. Um, and I just am excited to be on this journey with you. Oh, that was so sweet. She's trying to get me emotional again, guys. But thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine a better guest. And so many people have gotten to know me through my journey with my mom. And so I couldn't imagine talking about anything but adult guardianship for my first topic. And so I, I just definitely have to have you um, just, you know, lay it out for the people. And you're a lawyer. You guys just got some free legal advice. I'll send you her prices because you're going to have to book her going forward, okay? So make sure you guys share this. Make sure you guys like and follow Making Headspace. And we're going to go ahead and uh, close out. And I will see you again next week on Thursday at 7 p.m. for the next episode of Therapy Thursdays. Thank you again, Natasha. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Later, guys. Told y'all this was a movement. Taking up. I ain't believe You dig? Bank down. Bank down. Bank down. Bank down. East to west, we getting banked up. North to south, we getting banked up. Worldwide, we getting banked up. Call up 917-889-8041 This the Bang Down Radio Show We controlling the globe and we second to no one Every time we emerge, we put in that work And bang that door for the culture Then it's one love Wednesdays from 8pm to 9pm We'll tip she the trophy And we keep making moves by coastal Let them suckers they believe what I told you Bang that about to be your household name And bang that mean when you pop more change We keeping it real, we're gonna like yes Hello, hell for Jess, so tune in when you better be We getting fancy with Nancy on Thursday at 7pm For making headspace therapy like Odell, shout out to Rochelle Networking Saturdays, about to be your movie Gotta go big, it's the only way to do it It's a conglomerate, we get into it Can't forget Fridays, gotta be inspired We'll learn the H while you ride on the interstate If we got Sundays with sunshine from 5 to 6 While you watching on your dinner plate, make sure to tune in And tap in with the movement Cause it's about to go down, shout out, discover this Captain of the mothership, if you ain't know that you know now